What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the sixth episode of How They're Here. As always, I'm Tyler Webb, and today we have an excellent episode with Josh Moe, photographer and videographer studying business at the University of Minnesota. Josh was an extremely interesting guy to talk to because he's straddling the line between a traditional student seeking a fairly standard job after graduation and becoming an entrepreneurial filmmaker and photographer who is touring the country with artists, forward-thinking businesses, and friends. Josh's perspective in a creative work is even more interesting when you consider the fact that three years ago he hadn't even picked up a camera yet, but now he's on his way to making a living with one. In this episode, we discuss what Josh believes to be the necessary traits of an aspiring photographer, videographer, and entrepreneur, how to navigate the complex ecosystem of creative professionals in your area, and his strategy to growing his brand as a business. I hope you all enjoy this episode and learn a thing or two about how to move forward in such an interesting and complicated industry and gain some valuable insight into how they're here. All right, welcome back. I am joined now by uh, Josh Moe here in the Carlson School of Management. He is a filmmaker, photographer, videographer. Um, he goes to the University of Minnesota, um, is in the Carlson School of Management um, as well. Thank you, Josh, so much for uh, sitting down with me so we can talk a little bit. Of course, man, yeah. Yeah, so Josh, we've kind of found ourselves in, in similar circles. Um, the Back Pocket podcast guys, um, the episode that we'll be releasing uh, second. Uh, he knows them. He's been working with them and sort of has found himself in their network, um, as I have. And I think Josh comes from a really interesting perspective. We were just talking about it before, where he's in the school of business. Um, he's, you know, from the outside, it looks like he's taking a very traditional route. But I know that all of his experiences are sort of anything but traditional. He's been doing, you know, he's been touring. He has internships. He's kind of spread the gamut of, of experiences. And I think it's really valuable to hear um, about the things that somebody uh, that somebody like Josh is doing. So I want to start it off um, and don't feel like this is an attack on you or anything, yeah. but in your Instagram bio, it says photographer and filmmaker. What besides your Instagram bio makes you a photographer and a filmmaker? Because I think, you know, you probably know this, that people can throw whatever the heck they want in their bios yeah, and that doesn't necessarily confer expertise. So what, what do you think, you know, from your perspective makes you, you know, a filmmaker, Josh Mo, the, you know, the videographer? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's actually a really good question. I know a lot of people and have passion for uh, creating for um, for photo and video and whatnot, and it's really cool to see uh, people chase those dreams. And I think kind of one thing that really makes me the person I am as far as um, kind of my creative side and, and doing everything in photo and video, it's those things that you do, those extra steps that I, I think that you um, decide to take behind closed doors, whether that's like grinding out like 12 hours straight to get the edit done, um, just like pushing for it you're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it for other people. You're doing sure. it because you love it. You have a passion for it. And you're doing it not to kind of showboat your highlight reel, but rather to show like, hey, I'm really passionate about this. I love this. This is what's like driving me. And I want to keep pushing for that. And I think that's um, what I really try to do as far as when I'm filming and when I'm taking photos and stuff and, and sharing that. Um, Instagram just happens to be the medium in which I share it. Sure. Uh, but I just don't want it to be kind of skewed uh, in the fact where it's like, you can do it and people are thinking, oh, he just wants to show off his highlight reel. Whereas like, I think those people who really are invested in photo and video and 
um, what makes them a photographer, what makes them a videographer, um, is is the passion behind it, the things that really push them every every single day. And I think that's kind of what sets me apart. Yeah, and that's probably really important, especially early on. And I will probably get into it a little bit, but obviously you're still a college student. You know, you you probably your success is obviously growing, but it's not like you're sitting here in a point where it's like I've made it big time, right? Yeah. And you're probably just kind of scratching and clawing, and you know, sitting in a room for twelve hours trying to do that stuff. And especially when the money isn't rolling in and especially when you know the acclaims aren't there it's really important to make sure you know why you're in it because if you're in it for all that other stuff then you're right you're probably gonna weed people out pretty quickly absolutely so um i want to learn a little bit more about the progression of your career because i saw i think it was on your instagram that you three years ago you hadn't even picked up a camera is that true that's true yeah okay so tell me about the point of you know why you even wanted to start up and you know why you even picked up the camera in the first place and all of a sudden we're here and i'm interviewing you as a filmmaker and as a videographer so you've made some name for yourself walk me through that progression absolutely yeah um i was actually just thinking about this the other day um it just hit me i just remembered um really like way way far back uh elementary school i wanted to like bring all my friends together and kind of like direct if you will or like kind of put together some sort of film of like all of us doing something at school and that's like i didn't really do anything with it obviously i was in elementary school like what are, what are you gonna do um and then fast forward to high school 17 years old um i had been always known i've loved creative work um whether that be like expressing yourself through art um i've really just loved the idea of working in some sort of like creativity whether that be photo, video, I'm really bad at drawing and painting. So I kind of had to resort to like the sure. camera doing it for me. Uh-huh. Of course, yeah. So I begged my parents um, for a camera for Christmas. And I had been uh, researching with my dad online. Um, my first camera was a Canon 70D they got for me for Christmas. Uh, the first time I ever got it. And I literally just used it for, I guess, capturing whatever I could. Whether that be like landscapes, day in, like, day in the life. Just like whatever I could. Just a purely photo never really like thought about video at all um and obviously like i look back at some of those photos uh and i'm like oh my gosh this is hilarious like it's it's a lot of fun but uh progressed like a year and a half later um i got really close with my best friend from high school Uh, his name's luke schuneman he also i introduced him to photo and video after i got my first camera and we kind of hit it off he really got into the video where i got into the photo and a year and a half down the road of our relationship working together um i kind of started learning a little bit about video and moving into that realm uh with luke's guidance and then i guess in that last half a year like year maybe it just kind of started to come to me and then this last like five or six month span it's just like it's been crazy man like i've been blessed with so many opportunities to uh to work with some crazy people and and go and and see some wild things like burning man and uh travel all around the united states um and and work with other videographers and photographers that i've really looked up to um my entire life as far as my creative life goes like ben brodsky and sam brodsky those guys over there are some crazy dudes that have been uh really really good friends of mine and have really like mentored me through these last uh these last few months so um i guess yeah it it all started with the the first camera back when i was uh 17 that's great it's really interesting that you sort of give that progression it's you know you're starting in elementary school if you want to go all the way back that far but you know in high school just with a couple of buddies when did it switch for you between you know this is just a hobby and this is just something that i do and all of a sudden you're 
you're touring the United States, you're at Burning Man, you're doing all these things yeah. in a much more professional sense. There ha- what was the inflection point? When did that switch? And was it like one opportunity or were you, was it just a mindset where you're like, I'm going to do this, you know, for hopefully a living? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I asked myself that a lot, actually. Um, I've like, I even went to my sister and I was like, Cassie, like, I don't know what has happened like these last five, six months. Like, I've ch- not changed like the way I do photo and video. I've not like done anything differently dramatically differently to where it like should be that like inflection point as you said sure kind of that turning point and i was like i really like i'm just blessed beyond belief to be able to have those opportunities and i think like at some point um i don't know it's just like to for me i think it's just um a lot of the hard work kind of started to pay off i'm obviously like nowhere near um where i really love to be as far as uh, the creative realm but like I think honestly, it's just um, the hard work paid off, and I think uh, the man upstairs is really kind of throwing me a bone to see what I could do with it. So yeah, so the way that you sort of described it, it sounds like you were receiving, you know, people were coming to you and saying like, "Hey, I want to work with you," or were you taking sort of the offensive steps and going out and be like, "Hey, I can, you know, I know the back pocket guys love to talk. I can provide this kind of value. I can do this for you." Was it you on the offensive, or were you kind yeah. of fielding offers? Yeah, you know, um, it's a little bit of both. Uh, as far as like the way in which I get my projects, a lot of them come, um, it started out me just absolutely flooding DMs of like anyone I could find, whether that be like for weddings, for senior portraits, for concerts, podcast, like whatever it may be, literally just finding whoever I can locally and just be like, Hey, I really like your stuff. Um, I think we could really like mutually benefit each other. Um, and, and stress that like not only, are you able to benefit from them by getting some exposure and working with them and networking and all that? But like, it goes both ways. Yeah. Like both, both parties benefit. And I think to be able to stress that and be like, I can give you content um, if you give me this experience and, and give me a try here. Sure. Um, and it started like that for a while. And then, I don't know, just down the road, like there are a lot of people, like couldn't even tell you how many people I've emailed, DM, called on the phone, like companies, individuals, what, like whatever. Uh, but like, towards these last four months a lot of those people kind of circle back around it's like it took a little bit of time and it just kind of all happened at once is i think yeah um kind of what happened so part offense like right away like as you're starting and trying to build a portfolio um but just know that some of those people that you may have reached out to and not heard from right away like might come back down the line why do you think that is why do you think they circle back around do you think it's something where you get better in those couple of months or is it they, you know, they've now taken the time to dive into your stuff and realize, oh, he's he's actually really good. And yeah, actually yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there's obviously like you grow every single day, every single project you do, um, every single sheet you have. You there's always something to learn. There's more to learn, um, and I think that growth factor definitely plays into it. But also, it could be like who knows? Maybe they were they've been busy. Yeah. Like maybe they just have someone who maybe a just left position and you can fill it like sure yeah i don't know it's it's a little bit of both i'd say yeah so what was that first project or the first thing that you did you know maybe maybe it was the the senior shoots or just something a little bit more casual but was there one time where you're like wow like this is really happening like i'm not just a hobbyist anymore like i'm actually you know i'm actually doing this yeah definitely um so i think the one like really big moment for me was actually recently this last summer um i went on tour with noah aon who's uh, a dj from the czech republic lived in atlanta for a few years owned i've never don't know if you've heard of it but orange theory fitness 
um, yeah. owned a, a lot of that, sold it off, and kind of pursued a career as a DJ um, over in Europe. And when he came back, or when he came to the United States, uh, just kind of started making a name for himself and asked me, I like slid into his DMs like way, way, way back sure. and before I even knew who he was because I saw that Ryan McFadden had like followed him. So I'm like, oh, I'll check him out, yeah. like, whatever. And he finally circled back around and I got a few tours with him this summer. And the one tour, I think, where it hit me, uh, we were in Miami playing at Story with Carnage. And afterwards, the next morning, we were in Orlando uh, with Prank. And between the time being in Miami and Orlando, I'd sent like some raw footage to to him to put on his social. And then he actually just forwarded on to his manager just to show him like what we were up to. Uh, and he decided that he'd give us a FaceTime call. And he was like, dude, like, oh, my gosh, I don't know who this kid is. But, like, he's super, super talented. And, like, he's got a lot of room to grow. Um, I know he's still in college, like you've told me. Uh, but I like really, really would love for him to work with us uh, as much as he can domestically while he's in school, and then even with the potential of, like world tour uh, this coming summer as they're planning that. So uh, that I think to be, to be able to get that feedback and like have someone like really hone in on the appreciation for the work that like I put in uh, to to provide them content, like it one meant the world, and two I think was kind of a turning point. Like hey, like. I can actually like continue to grow and work with these people and kind of make something out of this. Hopefully. Sure. <laughs> yeah. What was that schedule like? Because it was over the summer, so you didn't have school. Mm. But I can imagine, you know, going between Miami, Orlando. Yeah, dude. All over the. You it was know, crazy. You're everywhere. So yeah. what was that like? Were you just kind of following them along? And yeah. So I'm actually super fortunate. The job I work with uh, right now and for the last year and a half uh, is with Flipgrid um, over with Microsoft now. Um, and they are super, super lenient as far as like working remotely, not having to be in the office and like, they know, like I have other things going on. So it made it really easy for me to travel in the summer sure. because I could work remotely from wherever it may be. Traveling was crazy, dude. Yeah. I, I love it. And I think everyone should take a little bit of time for themselves to, to see the world. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really fast paced. Um, it's kind of nuts sometimes, but like. I love the energy. Um, you kind of just have to push through it when when you get tired on the road. But when you're going from city to city, like across the country, literally in a day, like it's it's a lot of fun. But yeah. it's a wild ride. This question might seem a little bit just take it as you will, and then we'll unpack it a little bit. Heck yeah. So I've always felt, and I'm by I'm not a photographer, I'm not a videographer, but I always felt that when I'm at you know, an event, say I'm at a concert or something, and you see everybody have their phone up, and they're mm -hmm. kind of living the experience through their phone, right? Do you feel in, in some regard when you're, you know, having these wildly cool experiences that you're missing a part of it because you're sort of living it through that lens? Do you feel like you're sort of detached because it's not you there in the moment, it's mm -hmm. you through the lens? I've always been curious about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know there's a lot of times where photographers and videographers like videographers like they catch themselves and they're like i really just need to put the camera down and just like take this all in um and i've definitely i've had those moments where it's like i could have the opportunity to film or take a photo or do something um but instead i decide to put my camera in my bag and just live in the moment and just take it in myself because honestly i think um at the end of the day the experience and 
taking everything in and being present in the moment um, is what's most important because we get lost um, in the chaos of of work and and school and day to day life and. If we don't take that that time to put the camera down uh, and quit looking through the lens every once in a while, like I don't know, I think it's 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 something it's a lot more beautiful if you if you just decide to to put it down for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, hundred percent. That's got to be excruciating for you sometimes though, yeah. because if you're at a place that's super cool, you're like, man, I really want to yeah. get this right. Because you're kind of, I'm, I'm assuming you're always that I'd, similar way in, in some extent with obviously less skill, but like content oriented, it's just like, oh, I, I want to get this. I want to get Dude, this. All so it's got to be. That's got to be tough. It's like kind of like okay, pull yourself back a little bit and and like you said, sort of live in that moment. Yeah, so. yeah, all the time. Like it's it's funny too. I'll like catch myself even if I had absolutely no intent, like just out doing whatever. Um, and I see like other people filming, I'm like, Ooh, he's like doing this like really well. Or like, yeah, dude, that'd be like a super cool shot. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I wish I was like doing this right now. But like, I need to just, I just need to be present in the moment. Like that's definitely one of the hardest things to do, but I think it's really, really valuable to be able to kind of balance it out. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's dig in a little bit into that balance. And I'm talking a little bit more in the sense of you probably have a lot of projects working kind of concurrently at the same time. And whether you're touring and you're an intern at the same time at Flipgrid and you're also a student, how do you sort of find that balance? Like, do you schedule it out? I I talked with, um, in the very first episode, Barat, who when he was still at school and he had founded his company, Renera, he had a couple other ventures too. He had set aside three days for school two days for Renera, one day for another startup. And it's like, you really partitioned off his time, which I thought was interesting. How do you sort of balance all the things that you have going on? Yeah, definitely. Um, so like Sundays are my like recharge plan my week out days. So okay. Like I'll take like this pad folio, um, have my laptop and whatever next to me going through my calendar, my school, my work, my photography work, I guess. Um, and everything like, that I have to do for that week, I'll lay it out day by day and then I'll put like times during that day when I need them done, just like write them all down and then break it off into like section for school and then another page for like personal stuff. So really just, I guess kind of the same thing. Um, just putting it all down on paper, kind of honing out certain times throughout the days or day that, yeah. um, yeah, you that's, a, that's exactly how I, this, fo- this, thing that i take my notes into you can see like this is my checklist from, i'm totally checklist oh, yeah. oriented absolutely where it's like, and i so type a, i don't bro. yeah i don't <laughs> do it as much as you do where I, I do the specific times or anything yeah. i've been close a couple times and like <laughs> even like doing things is like you know going to the gym which i i consider myself like a given i'm like okay i'm not gonna put that down but like i've been close a couple times like eating dinner like just these oh, things I've, that, I've definitely done that before. like you can't <laughs> find time to do oh, absolutely. right and it's like oh my it's god like, remember to eat breakfast yeah you eat sleep for sleep yeah more than seven shower, hours do right? something yeah have social be a normal person whatsoever <laughs> how have you seen that balance sort of change for you as you've gotten older so now you're you're a senior in, in college you're going to be graduating this spring um has there been kind of a have, have you as you've gone through school like okay this thing is less important i'm starting to prioritize this how has that sort of switched up for you yeah um i don't know i've always had uh obviously i think my my three things um i guess has always been faith family uh school and then like organizations that i'm like involved in um so I guess that's like how I've always prioritized it. Work, I think, is kind of a gray area. Okay. Uh, because like I'm committed, obviously, to being a student. Like I'm a full time student. That's my job in a sense. Um, but also, 
I like tie it in with being like kind of the whole school is a job in and of itself and like having working for Flipgrid, my actual job is just as I, I feel just as important um, to to get the stuff done for the week. So I I don't know. It's that's kind of like the way I've listed them, but it's kind of fluid throughout it. Sure. Depending, I guess, like obviously what's really pushing uh, yeah. during the week, kind of making those accommodations. And I don't know. The one big thing, too, is like asking for help, like just literally like making an ask to someone like, hey, like, can I get an extension on this project for work? for like two days i'm drowning in school in like midterms right now like and people are willing to make those changes for you if that that means like you're going to do your best and like put yeah. all your effort towards those projects that's such a common theme everybody that i've been able to talk to through this podcast and just people that are very similar to you and barat and the back pocket guys and, and leo the creator all these sort of guys this common thread is that, you know, it's just like an ask thing. Like whether it's an ask on getting an extension on a project or I've even found that it's just like the worst they can say is no. And if it's yeah. through an email, it's super low risk. Like it's, if you throw it out, nothing's terrible is going to happen. It's oh, not no. <laughs> like they're probably going to fire you if you ask for an extension on the project. So I, I love that sentiment because I've heard it so many times now, which is just like, just ask, just ask yeah. for help, ask for an opportunity, all, all these sort of things. Sort of going back to that checklist idea, it seems like we sort of operate on that same wavelength. I'm the type of person that if there's a project that's, you know, or an opportunity that's presented to me, you know, I've just last week, I had somebody that I had worked with a lot in high school um, come back to me. We sort of lost touch in a, in a work sense. He sort of come back to me. He's like, hey, I want to explore this opportunity in consulting. And I'm like, I have no time to do consulting, right? And we got on the phone, we talked for a little bit and caught up and it's great to chat, but it was so hard for me to sort of think about saying no to like an opportunity because I love saying yes, I, you know, whether or not it's profitable or whether or not I'm going to make a ton of money or become famous or what, whatever it is, so hard to say no. How, how are you in the sense of, I'm sure there are people because yours, you know, people asking you for things is a direct ask. It's like, hey, can you come shoot? Can you come yeah. take pictures? How do you, you know, you have to say no, right? You have to have that ability to to push away, you know, opportunities that you might really want to say yes to, but you just can't. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess, yeah, for the record, one, I am the absolute worst person at saying that. Like, I will literally say yes to everything. And it's like to a fault to just like try to please everybody. Like biggest people pleaser, like hands down. That One of my biggest, uh, biggest faults is just not knowing when to like, just say no right um which i i do agree it's like one of the most important things so it is um the times where i actually have uh have done so and kind of turned down maybe an opportunity um for a bigger project maybe be able to network or whatever it may be um it's tough dude like you really want to do all you can to continue to grow um and, and put yourself out there and I think it's just kind of keeping the mindset like don't do it at the expense of yourself. Sure. Uh, like if you're spreading yourself too thin, like it's not worth it right now. It's not good for anybody. Though, exactly. Either. Like it's not good for you. It's not good for the other person because like you can't commit to it um, 100%. So just know, I think uh, my only like one little tidbit of advice is like put yourself first um, and realize that there will be plenty of opportunities down the road. So when you take into account these opportunities, what's sort of the hierarchy of what you consider in terms of, okay, you know, this opportunity might make me some money, which obviously is important for everybody. But this opportunity over here, you know, has a super high ceiling and has a really high capacity for, you know, 
opportunity, basically. What, what do you sort of take into consideration? Because you're obviously a super busy guy and your time is super valuable and you can't just be wasting it on, you know, something that you hate but makes you money or something that you really are passionate about but really has no return for you. What, like, what is that dichotomy like? What do you balance? Um, I think the issue a lot of, a lot of times I think is people who are in this field focus too much on the business side of it and they just like completely drain themselves, uh, creatively, um, energy, whatever it may be, because they're so focused on like pushing for like, I guess maybe even the money in the sense in like a business sense. Um, whereas you could have opportunities to just do something really, really, really extraordinary. Yeah, it's not going to pay, but it might like kind of help you really get those creative like juices flowing, if you will. Sure. Um, and just know like the real reason kind of behind like why you do it. At least for me, um, the reason why behind I do it. Like I always get that extra, like really awesome push of motivation when I'm shooting something for myself, when I'm shooting something with my friends, not for business, just for fun because I love it. Um, and sometimes those are even the ones that like pay off in the end, like big Island 4th of July, for instance, is like one of my biggest videos that I've had, uh, in the last year. And that was just for fun. That was just keeping a tradition from Brodsky's going like year after year. So um, I was inspired to do it back in 2015 when Brodsky did it, 2014 when Brodsky did it. And um, I just wanted to to keep it going. I did it for myself and it ended up being like one of those really awesome videos. I got a f- connection now with um, this couple who shoot weddings all the time and like I'm their like, go-to second shooter and that was literally out of just a video I did for fun. Yeah. So. Well, and that's interesting because when you say it was my most successful video, I'm interested to like how do you measure that success right because i think it's very clear you said (laughs) yeah right and it's like on social media it's super easy to do because you could be like oh this one has the most views but is there a different way that you measure success the one that you just said you got a really great connection right that sort of has now paid off for you in aggregate is success for you you know more you open more doors Mm -hmm. is something that you felt really good about because when i was talking to um Chris Jackson or the Leo, the creator, the guy that does um, videography for the football team, he said success was just something that when he was done with it, he felt really good about. Like you'd go through and like, wow, I, I, there was not, there was nothing that I could really pick out that I like didn't like. I love the video. I'm like, that's interesting because I think for a lot of people, especially in his position, it'd be like, okay, how many tickets converted? How many views did it get? Because yep. he's in a much more, you know, cutthroat industry in the yep. sense that he, he has people to, you know, report to. What is that for you? What is what is your success? Definitely. Um, I definitely agree with him uh, in part. Success in video is being able to look back and realize, like, heck yeah, I killed this. Um, and just know, I think, obviously, like, people are going to subconsciously think, like, success, like, really like, correlate it with, like, views or comments or whatever it may be. Like, the social interaction is just, like, where kind of our society's gone today with social media. Um, it's sad, but it's true, and I'm definitely at fault for it all the time. And we know that. Um, but I think the real, the, the really important thing is to just know at the end of the day, um, when you finish a project, uh, it's four in the morning, and you're absolutely drained. Like, if you can just look at it and play it through and be like, dang, like, I really, like, 
went out for this. I put my heart into this, and that's all that matters. Like analytics, at the end of the day, it's it's material. Who cares? Um, and I say that, and I feel like really hypocritical about it because like you really do like deep down. Um, everyone does. It's part of like growing yourself, growing your business, if you will. Um, but just remember that success um, comes from within yourself. Um, and I think success can be measured by growth. Um, if you can see yourself continually growing project after project after project um, and putting your heart into them, I think that's success. I love that answer. And I think it's interesting because there's definitely this community of people that are like you, people that are trying to come up as filmmakers, as photographers, and they're trying to build their own personal brand through Instagram. And success for them would mean getting more projects, maybe going viral with a video on Instagram or a picture on Instagram. So I think it's interesting to keep that in perspective that all that stuff is sort of background noise and is sort of ancillary when you really consider, you know, why, why you're doing it in the first place. Talking a little bit more about, you know, people that are similar to you in the sense that they're trying to become full-time creators and their time and we can talk about what your 10-year goals are because yeah. i don't want to i don't want to put words in your own mouth oh, but um you know wh what do you see as the best vehicle for forwarding your 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 brand as sort of a business because i would assume you see you know josh mo videographer as its own business as a brand yeah. right is instagram the tool that you're using a lot wow you know, how are you just trying to, how are you trying to build that brand awareness? Because I think it's interesting looking from the outside. Some people could say he's just another dude with the camera, yeah. but obviously you're trying to make it more than that. Yeah, definitely. So basically right now, uh, and for the last two and a half, three years, uh, it's really just been utilizing, utilizing Instagram. Uh, I think they're a really great platform, but it's really tough, uh, especially for people who are, I guess, still growing, like aspiring to reach XYZ to kind of have an edge on that playing field because of like the algorithms and all those things. Like it's tough, obviously. And like people are always asking the questions like, okay, like what are we going to do next? So honestly, I think the biggest and best way you can market yourself and your brand is word of mouth and taking it like upon yourself to just network yourself. Um, work with other people in the industry that have been doing it longer than you have that have more experience that you can learn from and grow from um work with people that you don't think you would have ever worked with like we paired up with like a travel agency um the brodskis uh took me on for that project helped them film and literally no one would think of like making a lifestyle video for like a travel agency because people think like travel agencies are like oh like 60 year old retired people trying to figure out like where they're gonna go for like their super trip stuffy. Yeah, yeah exactly super, like super stuffy yeah. like and we we're able to change the look of their agency and like what they cater to. Like not only like, yes, it's great for those things, but like young people can utilize travel agencies too. And like yeah. we had opportunities to go crazy places, uh, working with someone we never thought we'd ever work with. Yeah. And that's the advent I think of content marketing. Like I love the idea of a travel agency having a lifestyle video or a, like, you know, Juju Smith oh, or having a vlog or something like that yes. where it's, I love that whole idea of marketing through content in a way that is much more consumable and much more enjoyable for the person you're trying to market to. Oh, because I, I felt like for years, we were all just playing the charade of like, I have to put up this billboard or I have to put up this commercial and you have to act like 
it was impactful. Yes, exactly. Way. And it's like on both sides, it was like disarray of like, oh, that was a commercial, and they're like, oh, we're gonna put on more commercials. But <laughs> now all of a sudden, people are getting smart, and they're realizing that people like you can really help them, mm-hmm. you know, create a whole different look for their brand and a whole different effect in terms of the content that they're put, pushing out. And I absolutely love that. And I absolutely yeah. love how people like the back pocket guys are, you know, sort of put these content creators are sort of pushing that, you know, pushing that as being an imperative thing if you want to stay relevant. Yeah. Because you have all these people that have the ability to pick up cameras and have the ability to do content at a super high level, just like you do. And now, you know, corporate world realizing like, oh my God, like we, we have to, we have to step this up yeah. too, because that's how, that's how things are being distributed. So I think that's, Super interesting, and I think it's really cool that you have that perspective on sort of both sides of you know starting off really small and helping out guys that are super small and then doing it sort of on a on a bigger scale. Let's talk a little bit about and like I said earlier, I didn't want to put words in your mouth, but your ten year we can call it ten year goal of sort of where you're trying to take all of this, right? I think you have a lot of different avenues you could go. You have you're going to graduate from a fantastic business school. You obviously have a an internship, so you're leveraging yourself in that way but then you have this right a photography filmmaking career that i'm sure you want to pursue as well yeah what's that like what where are you going dude it is it is absolutely bonkers uh yeah like you said there are so many different avenues uh so many different ways uh i could take it within the next 10 years and that's why it's so tough um i really really love the Flipgrid and the company and the culture that kind of we've built there, um, working for them. So, and not to mention Microsoft, um, everything they, they believe in and kind of have, have done in working with us since June, um, has been awesome. So the route of Microsoft, uh, is one Avenue, um, touring with Noah Aeon and continuing kind of concert videography, um i have weddings and stuff for the next few years um i don't know man it's it's really really weird it's a weird dynamic and that's like the really scary part like yeah there's a few different directions i can go for it and like i don't know um i guess kind of take i'm really just taking it day at a time right now and we'll see where it goes but i guess in an ideal world if I, I could, ask, yeah. Say, what's I could, your, yeah. What's in, your ideal? Right? In, a, in an ideal world, an ideal world, um, I would. I've always had like passion for music, which is why I love like filming concerts and stuff like that so much. I wanted to be like a rock star when I was ten. So like, ideal world would be traveling um, with an artist uh, and just filming and like touring. Uh, do that for a while, and then finally settle down and work a a real job and still do like video and sure. everything on the side. Um, yeah. What do you think you have to do to get to that point that you're not doing right now? You know, because you're very close, much closer than I am, which I have to say I'm fortunate that in, you know, in a semester, they're basically going to kick you out of this place and you're on your own. Right. So what do you have to do from now until then to really make that a reality? Honestly, biggest thing is just like network, network, network. Like that's all, take opportunities um and really grow my network with people who are in the industry um who are making moves in the industry and are willing to have someone kind of learn from them and kind of take that on so um i think just keep taking on projects and 
network with other awesome videographers, photographers, and sure, get connected. I guess love that. Yeah. So I'm gonna kind of do a 180 on you, and I really didn't even realize I you hadn't picked up a camera until you were in late in high school, right? You were self-taught. Yep. All throughout those three years, I think a lot of you know maybe misconceptions people have about becoming a filmmaker or becoming a photographer are that there's really it's really high barrier of entry sort of a thing because not only do you need an expensive camera but now you need these skills that aren't taught and hard to you know hard to come across how did you sort of obviously you love to do it but how like how did you teach yourself was it youtube university or was it just (laughs) go out and do it and you know the ones that i took four years ago sucked but now they're better wow definitely um dude a lot of trial and error for sure and you mentioned kind of like that barrier uh to entry like it's so true like it's so hard like people don't teach classes on videography 101 like and especially like the running gun stuff like concerts and lifestyle uh weddings all that stuff like they don't teach that and YouTube University was definitely, like, a super big help. Like, shout out YouTube. This is not an ad, but, like, shout out YouTube. Uh, And, like, utilizing, I think, um, people around you. So, like, being, for me, being able to get Luke in with me and, like, kind of introducing him to it as well. And then we both kind of ran with it, like, with each other. Like, hey, if you, like, check this out or, like, we learn together. So, like, having someone kind of with you to really push each other and kind of get you to the point where you need to be to continue and, and grow. And like, like I said, like I'm learning every single day. I've learned more like in the last four months than I have in gosh, a year um, just from working with other people who have been in the industry and um, continuing to grow as, as a videographer. So what do you think is a big misconception about what you do about being able to be in the position you're in? Because like I said, I think there's a lot of people that think, Uh, It's hard to get into. It's expensive to get into. You know, what's the big misconception that you found? I think one huge misconception is like every time you see, I guess, the the projects that we put out or or people in this industry put out, whether it be photo, video, like you see, like I said earlier, like that highlight reel, you see like the glamorous parts of it. Like it's, excuse me, there is so much like, I was actually talking to this or about this with uh, Sam Daza, who's another photographer, huge photographer uh, here in Minneapolis, super talented guy. Um, and people don't see like the behind the scenes, like people don't see like the day to day grind and like the drama, like you forget like a lens for a shoot or like you have something going on, your camera breaks, your cards are broken, like whatever it may be, like the crazy like day-to-day and behind the scenes and being able to push through that and then at the same time when you finish like a really successful shoot knowing that like okay it doesn't stop here i need to like grind for the next 12 hours and edit this out and like do another shoot travel wherever it may be like just knowing that so so much goes into it and i think that's why people in this industry are able to create like such magnificent things like photos and videos because they really put the time, uh, put the time in. So I think the misconception, like biggest misconception is like just how much time and effort goes into something, um, even as little as a 30 second video. Yeah. So conversely then, somebody that's looking to get into and sort of do the same thing that you're doing, what would be your biggest piece of advice or your best suggestion so that they can have as much success as you've had? Yeah, definitely. Um, and just like a disclaimer too, like I'm nowhere near uh, very like, I've got a long way to go. 
I love that. God, everybody I talk to, dude, literally, so humble, dude. I've got, I have a very long way to go. I have so much to learn. Um, but for someone who's just starting out, uh, maybe picking up a camera for the first time, if I was back in your shoes three years ago, um, I would tell myself like I need to reach out to somebody so they can not only shoot with me and like just go and kind of be together in that creative sense um and like the the community of creative people we have especially here in minnesota is super awesome like super nice people everyone's kind of willing to help everyone out it's like if you're in minnesota and you're trying to get connected like you can reach out to almost anybody here um so just kind of have find a mentor find someone you can you can work with and then network 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 and i know it's so cliche and that's all like people especially here in college here all the time it's just like you got a network I can't stress it enough. Like you get those opportunities, you get so much experience and knowledge from working with other people. And don't forget that very opportunities that seem very little um, and kind of minuscule in the moment may end up being one of the most important you've ever done. So don't take anything for granted um, and just push on. Yeah. I mean, I just put out a, graphic last week on the how they're here instagram page go follow us and it um it said it was from barat uh he preached it network equals net worth and the yeah. people that you know are going to help you you know get to where you want to go absolutely I, I think that's such been such a common theme and i think you're right i hadn't even thought about that that we're in minneapolis which you're right is a fantastic creative hub but everybody here is so nice and now right. given the fact that you know it's 21st century everybody's just a you know a dm an instagram dm or oh. an email away that it's really no excuse why you shouldn't at least be asking oh, exactly. because without the ask there's never gonna yeah. be an answer it's one of the most important things definitely and like if there's ever anyone like to reach out to me like seriously i am absolutely open to working i've worked with uh i'm going to be working with a few a few people who are kind of starting to get into the industry and really want to learn a lot about photo and video and uh, i'm excited and i think just knowing that people are really willing to to help yeah and i don't know just just ask go sign up for josh Mill university <laughs> yeah exactly. filmmaker 101 yeah all right well that is uh, all we have for now. Josh, thank you so much for joining me. You want to plug your Instagram, whatever, where can people oh, yeah. find you? Where can they reach out <laughs> to you? Absolutely. Um, yeah, you guys can follow me on Instagram at mojosh underscore, M-O-E-J-O-S-H underscore. Super cool. Um, yeah, seriously, hit my DMs. Uh, I would love to connect and, and shoot and literally just grab coffee, talk, whatever it may be. Life, photo, video, your dogs, cats. Dude, I don't really care. Like, awesome, Let's man. just chat. Cool. Let's chat. Hey, thanks so much, brother. Yeah, of course. And that is it for this episode. If you enjoyed, there is more to come. An episode of How They're Here releases every other Wednesday. In the meantime, check us out on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook by searching How They're Here, or find me online at Tyler M. Webb to connect. If you want to hear more from us, make sure to rate and subscribe. It helps us stay in business. Thank you as always for listening, and I'll talk to you all soon. Peace.